Dude, Master Party's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not like the most amazing thing that God's done for me. It's everything since that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's 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 all the other stuff that he's opened up in my life. It's repairing the marriage. It's just, I mean, like I can't I can't count all of that. And if I would have just stopped with drinking, yeah, and God, that's, you'd have missed that's out as far on as everything. I trust you, God, like I would have, you know, yeah, you'd be sober, but your life wouldn't be great, right? It, it would be like you know, if you if you went all the way to Disneyland, you got down to the gates, and then you didn't actually go inside. <laughs> All right, welcome to Redefined Recovery. We are the Christ-centered recovery podcast where we talk about all things Christ, all things recovery. Sometimes that recovery is 12-step, sometimes that recovery is not 12-step. This time it is 12-step. It is some of the 12-steps. It's one of the 12-steps. One of them. Well, but they all hinge to the other one, so it's kind of all the 12-steps. One at a time. Anyways, my name is Brandon. I'm Keith. And producer John. Producer John, we give him a microphone today. John this. is in the house. I'm a part of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to being included. Fancy. Yeah. This is a new room. There's a yeah. couch here that I feel like I should lay down on so that, you know, I can yeah, discuss I am, all my life. I am ready for you to spill all of your yeah. uh, all of your dirty dirty secrets. You need a notepad. Yeah. We need to get Paul Maverick back in here. I don't know if I could talk to Paul on a couch. No, yeah, probably not. You'd, have to, you'd definitely have to pay him at that point if you're laying down on the couch. Oh, uh, definitely. Speaking of Paul, he just texted me and said, hey, when them ducks are big enough, I got a smoker. Nice. <laughs> strong work there, Paul. Uh, strong work, Paul. He doesn't listen. If he did listen, I would say, Paul, text me. You don't think he listens to his own episodes? No. So wait, how much skin are you willing to put in this game? If Paul texts you, will you kill one of your ducks and smoke them? No. Well, okay. last week you did say they were, uh, what, what was it, the eating brand? Yeah, yeah, the eating they're, brand. The eating the brand. brand. <laughs> they're, they're, they're feed ducks. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't. prison talking about the brand. We, on our last episode, just talked to a couple that have a marriage podcast, and in the um, interest of protecting my marriage, I will never kill one of those ducks and eat them. <laughs> because my wife is absolutely in love with those I'm ducks. I'm less worried about your marriage, and more so worried about you crushing the hopes and dreams of your children. Uh, I don't, Again. Listen. I'm over trying to live up to <laughs> my kids' expectations. Brandon's acting like he's all hard. He he could take those ducks to, or or leave them. Every single post on Facebook now is how much he loves those ducks. How much he's been hugging those ducks. <laughs> Listen, guys. You smell like feathers right Why does now. it feel like you're ganging up I'm on me I'm surprised right now. they're not in the room. This feels like the presidential debate. It's two on one here. <laughs> no, sorry. We're not going politics. Uh, getting political. We're not going politics. Hey, we have an email address. Do we? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Just because I don't check it doesn't mean we don't that's have true, it. That's true. Not that it matters to you guys, because if you email us, Brandon will never let me know that it happened anyway. It's recovery at ClovisHills.com. I can't read it because there's super secretive Clovis Hills things that happen on there. So, Correct. Yeah. Um, it, Trade secrets. I actually do uh, actually do check it, so you can email us. Oh. You getting, you getting, did I hurt your feelings? You getting defensive now? No, I'm just want, okay. if someone wants to email us, actually email us. I do check it. I just, yeah. Not but if you want a more immediate response, probably hit us Facebook. on Facebook because I've seen, I get to watch Brandon's conversations there as well. Instantly. That's actually, I, dude, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad that you're on those messages. Yeah. That's like my buffer zone. So yeah. for our school of ministry, I'm teaching Christian ethics, ironically. What? You? <laughs> I'm teaching the course on Christian ethics. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Like, that's a good ethical thing that yeah. random people, some male, some female are messaging me on Facebook. And it's like, oh, Keith, read these. Yep. Keith reads these. I do. I read them all. And my wife reads them all, too. Yeah. My wife actually got mad at me the other day because someone messaged us and was like, hey, when does your group meet again? And I was like, we're not yeah. a group. And she was like, that's rude how you said that. Wow. I was like, um, well, we're not a group. We're a podcast. But yeah. OK. 
<laughs> we're not a gang. We're a club. <laughs> <laughs> what did Brett Bertoldi tell you on his episode? It's, it's not a jacket. It's a cut. Yeah. <laughs> he got it's all just, defensive. Yeah. Anyways, go back and listen to episode five. I don't know. I, whichever one I almost got stabbed at by Correct. a biker. Correct. Oh, kind of a biker. That's a biker. Yeah, I guess. He owns a bike and he rides it. Yeah. Oh, by that definition, he is definitely a biker. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You have tattoos. You're not a gang member. I'm just saying. Wow. All right. Uh, Anyways, what's going on with you? I got tattoos, apparently, and And you're not a gang member. And a shaved head. It's it's grown back. Less shaved. It's grown back. That that was the risk, man, with Dave. And I think I mentioned on the podcast is every every year that I get older, when I get this wild hair to shave my head, the more I think like this might be the the time. The last time. The time that it just doesn't come back. It just doesn't come back. You know? So, but I think me and you were out of ammunition to pelt each other with at this time. So I think we should move on to John. John. Yeah. What's going on, John? Let's judge John's life choices. How's your life going? It's crazy. I'm getting ready to move. Yeah. And not just like move very, across very town. Far. Yeah. Like you're in Missouri, Mountain Grove, Missouri. Yeah. Home of 5,000 people. Yeah. Jeez. And 20,000 cows. Are you moving into a trailer? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, no, we're moving into a beautiful five bedroom house. that's going to cost less than half of the rent that we're paying in our small two bedroom. I did want to congratulate you too. Insane. You guys had to spend a long time looking to find a place that people from Visalia could crap on you living there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations on that one. Oh, we just lost both of our Visalia listeners. Uh, did we have two Visalia listeners? I don't know. Like someone in their Bronco or something. I don't know. I'm ready. You guys are going to see me walk around boots and spurs (laughs) and saying y'all. Are you going to assimilate? to the Missouri culture or are you going to stay? Uh, I, I assimilate to, to in any area that I'm in a little bit. Chameleon. I've been called, I've been called a chameleon before, which Social I, chameleon. I take it as an insult and also a compliment. Right. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's the core of that's codependency, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate you. I should have never taken this uh, position. But, uh, yeah, I will. This, this no, unpaid I will. position. I'm, I'm ready to go hunt and fish and be a country boy. But I also, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, Born and bred in Southern California, those are my my roots. Right. So is is that like the Midwest or the South or where is it? I don't know what you call it. It's not the Midwest. The Midwest is too far north. It's I Wisconsin, Indiana, and Minnesota. Anywhere. It's below all that, but above uh, above Arkansas. I mean, it's it's pretty south. So is that is that the Bible Belt then? Is that yeah. Where that would yeah, be? yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah. some Jesus there, which is good. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Pretty sure everyone in our town is a Christian. So close to Arkansas, to it's a good thing none of your cousins are going to be there with you. Uh, yeah, don't have to worry about that. <laughs> don't have to worry about the term. He's the term that I learned. Uh, I learned an, a new term uh, from my my wife, uh, who grew up in in Bakersfield and has some interesting family dynamics uh, on the extended uh, family. But brother cousin is a, yeah. is a, in, was a new term that I had not uh, been familiar cousin. with until I met my wife. Yeah, brother cousin is a is a thing. I'm sure you can imagine. One of those what family that trees. Is. It looks like a palm tree. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 narrow at the bottom. Yeah, don't have a whole lot of that in my family that I know of. <laughs> oh, that's so I'm, I'm ready. We're excited, man. It's she's been ready for a lot longer than I am and than, than right. I've been for this. I'm know? actually so in a selfish way. I don't want you to leave because we're friends and like Thanks. you're my producer and like no like seriously like I'm, I'm yeah. being completely genuine right now. Yeah. But I am like when I step back from myself, I'm very happy for you. It's going to be better for your wife. There's not really a whole lot left here for you. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. No, that's it's, that's how we both feel. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're getting um. We're getting excited. We keep getting more and more excited and more and more sad as it gets real. We're saying goodbye to people, yeah. you know, and, and we've been trying to do our best to see everybody. It's just, it's impossible, especially oh, yeah. right now. It's yeah. Missouri, right? You said? Yeah. So how far are you from St. Louis? Uh, about four hours. Oh, they're supposed four to have a good drive. barbecue there. 
Uh, we'll, we'll go. We'll go check it out. But you well, know, we gotta cool. clear that with Brandon's parole officer. He's not allowed to leave the state. Uh, okay. All right. I was gonna I'll say send. That. I'll send some back. But we're kind of like four to six hours from like a lot of stuff. OKC. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, there's a, a Nashville is not too far away. There's a lot kind of. Oh, you can go see my friend Brian. General area. Do I want to go see your friend Brian? Yeah, he lives in Nashville. Okay. Brian in Nashville. There's the only devious, one. So just go smirk, there's only one Brian in Nashville. Yeah. Okay. No, it's Brian Ross from Corn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I've been looking for any excuse to go to Nashville. <laughs> come, come on out. We'll have room for you and the wife and kids and the ducks. We've got plenty of space. Uh, transporting yeah. ducks I'm not going to lie. When, when me and my wife, when we sat down, when we first got the ducks, and we were like, can we do this or not? And my wife's like, I want to try. And I go, okay, well, when we want to bail out of this, I'm giving these ducks to John's wife, Rachel. Because she would take them like that. I know, I know yeah. she would. And I know it would make her happy. Mm-hmm. And I was dead serious. Like, if I need to bail out of this, I'm going to give them to her. And I don't know how John feels about it, and I don't care, but it'll make her I, happy. I, I've given up on fighting the animal fight. Uh, I think somewhere where I where I will be able to draw the line in the sand, and and you know we'll see. Uh, is the cows are not allowed in the house? Elephants, no elephants. <laughs> cows are not allowed. In the I would house. love it. if we could find a way to have elephants. I would have elephants. Mm, it's just great. I don't want the cow in the house because Bella already has ac- accidents, and they're that big. Yeah, we don't really want cow. Yeah, cow poop inside. You know, starting like a weird exotic animal rescue thing is how you end up in a meat grinder. <laughs> how I end Allegedly, up in a meat yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, well, I don't sure. know that she ground them up. I think she just poured sardine oil and on And then fed them to the tigers. Yeah. Yeah. We won't have tigers. <laughs> as long as we don't have, have that, we'll be fine. As long as you don't have carnivorous animals. Yeah. Well, wow, this is a Christian show. None of us watched uh, Tiger King, but anyways. Oh, no. no. <laughs> and none of us is. were fighting the urge to yell you that know, B. Carol Baskin. No, I do it all the time. That's one of my, <laughs> one of my lines at work. Uh, no, I actually did in all transparency watch every episode of it. It was solid. It was solid my I watched wife, one and i felt like i got the gist of the show 100 percent. so my wife watched two episodes with me and was like what are you making but me you're watch? forgetting brandon and i are addicts right so we watched yeah. one and then we had to watch all of them oh, I, I get that yeah Rachel oh, dude, did the same was, thing she, was, she watched every episode i was looking for relatives i was yeah. like these are my people like <laughs> <laughs> you might have done time with like half the guys on that show <laughs> uh, anyways we need to pivot to content now or that's what? true just can we for, just, for the sake of the record, Brandon doesn't actually have a parole officer anymore. So. Not anymore. I've been off of parole, man. I'm going to vote this year. Are you really? This is my first time voting. Yeah. How many times are you going to vote? Once? Uh, and who are just, you voting for? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Are so, you using a mailbox? Let's just make this all political. Um, I'm not sure yet. I think I'm just going to vote in person because that's kind of like, oh, it's your first time. Like, do it right. Not that voting by mail. You've is never wrong. voted. I've never voted. Well, that's right, because you you already last, had like a record when you were last here. election. I was still on parole. Yeah. So um, I got I got off of parole um, six months after the election last. There's actually a ballot measure now to, uh, to Let, allow people on parole to vote. May, well, yeah. To be honest, I thought if you had a, a you have a felony on your record, right? Correct. Uh, I I didn't think Multiple. you ever could. Could no, vote you can, after that. You can't, you you can't, can't own a firearm ever. You you never can own a firearm. Okay, you, but you can vote once you're off parole. Cool. Correct. Once you're off parole, you can vote. You just can't be actively on parole or actively incarcerated currently under the law, which they're looking to change. Yeah, but if you're a felon, you can't own a firearm. But I think there's different stuff now, though. Now that you're not on parole, like you theoretically could have like a bullet in your pocket, right? But um, theoretically, yes. Yeah. So correct. But like but, if you're on parole, like you can't have. Like a bullet on you. You can't have yeah, you can't a magazine, have an unloaded magazine sure. counts a firearm if you're a felon. There's a lot of weird. Correct. Yeah. So um yeah, it's exciting. But anyways, we have content coming up. 
not just talking about Brandon's voting legal status. And, yeah. Which I'm very excited about my legal status. You actually can. There was a box you could check on the pardon application to get your gun rights restored. Yeah. I did not check that box because yeah. I want the pardon. I don't care about the guns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get not pardoned because I want a gun. Right, right. Yeah, in California, that might not be the right box to check. But, Correct. You know, Correct. You know, like I just, I just want to be able to go to... You just want... I, honestly, Brandon wants a pardon so he can go to juvenile hall and... Correct. That's all I want it for is to go do ministry and... Try to find people who are as messed up as he was back then and go like, hey, don't be like Brandon. Yeah, hey, it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a lot worse, bud. Enjoy it. Yeah. Do you like neck tattoos? Because that's where you're going. Ah, totally. All right. What are we talking about? Uh, we're going to talk... So this is our step series, right? This is our so step series. So we started... Man, it feels like seven years ago. Uh, we started walking through the 12 steps again, which we've already done this before, but Brent felt like we should do it again. Well, we, we, I think we randomly just picked, we stuff, right? randomly hit it. We didn't do them in order and we hit the big ones. We yeah. didn't do like step six. We didn't do like step eight. We just kind of like, Hey, let's talk about inventory and amends and step 12. Right. And then talk about denial, right? You do step one. So you can tell everybody they're in denial. That's Correct. Everything, right. Correct. Yeah. So if you've been listening and following through, we are at step six now. And step six says uh, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So and, and in Regen, it's a little bit different. We became entirely ready to turn away from our patterns of sin and turn to God, um, which I think is, is a distinction we could talk about a little bit there. OK, um, let's talk about it. So one, one of the things that that regen makes a point of in their repentance plans is not only just like, what are you going to stop? But like, what is that going to be replaced with? What is the, mm, you know, good. so, um, and, and to be specific with it. So, um, I'll give you an example of like, if you have somebody who's struggling with pornography, right? So like the steps and the way that they'd repent is you look at in your repentance plan, the who, what, when, where, and why, mm -hmm. and how of when you, when you sin, when you break down. So you might recognize like, okay. Um, uh, the example they use in the book is like a husband that's like, after my wife and I have a fight and she goes to bed, I go out in the living room I and I look computer, at porn, right. right? And so his repentance plan, the turning back to is like, whether we've had a fight or not, when my wife goes to bed, I am going to go to bed. I'm going right. to lay in bed next to her. Like, I'm not going to, to do this. So it's really, and, and then also um, backing up that with, with God's truth, with scriptures that can help you uh, support you in those moments as well too. Mm, that's so. good. That's good. So <clears throat> what we're talking about here. So we've just completed step four and five inventory, shared our inventory with our sponsor. Um, the way that we said to do the inventory, your sponsor is kind of giving you an outline of some of your character defects. That's by no means complete. Regardless, you have sat down and you've looked at the behaviors in your life that were not good. And you've come up with a list of character defects that you're operating with. Right. And now, so are we talking about, Actions that we're taking, like, hey, a uh, character defect I have is looking at porn. We're talking about both. We're talking about both. Yeah. Because so because it's like the spider in the spider web, like right. the spider web is the pornography. The spider is loneliness, rejection. Right. Whatever we're operating under. Right. And, and the thing is, like, just like just like anything else, behavior modification is the easy step. Mm hmm. Right. Like to go like, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, so that's usually the most quickest actionable thing on there. Right. So we can go like, OK, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put, you know, I keep looking. We'll use porn as an example, because that's one of the easy ones to look at boundaries on. Like, OK, I look at porn on my iPhone. Therefore, I'm going to install Covenant Eyes on my phone, mm. you know, or, oh, uh, you know, I look at porn in the computer in my bedroom. So I'm not going to have a computer in my bedroom anymore. Right. Now the computer's in the living room. Right. You know, um, but then we would also look at stuff about, you know, um, 
for me specifically with my struggles with pornography is like when I'm feeling rejected and like, mm. okay, so now the repentance from that in times when I'm feeling rejected is to remember that my value comes solely mm-hmm. from what God paid for my soul as opposed to what other people would think about. Mm, and so that's kind of the repentance step. And then you have verses that, you know, that yeah, remind you reinforce of that. that. Right. That's good. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, practically, so you, you've got your, your list of things that are the character defects. Now, step six says we became entirely ready for God to remove them. Right. We're not actually asking God to remove them. We're not, there's all it is is this is back to like an idea like right. in step two and three where it's just kind of a well and the key is entirely ready because yeah. i think you and i both know tons of people in recovery who are more than willing to get rid of the hangover uh mm-hmm. but have no desire to get over the drunkenness yeah. right and so like because we see people all the time that are like well what they're really trying to look for is their wife to not be mad at them because they're having an affair mm-hmm. they still want to enjoy living right. out the things of the flesh they just don't like the repercussions they're in so the entirely ready is is really referring to that point where we're just like, look, like God, I'm, I'm I want to give everything up. I want right. to just like, I want you to take this, like, and and take the good parts, take the parts that I enjoy, because like we've talked about this before. Sin feels good. Yeah, totally. If if your sin does not feel good, you're not doing it right. Right. The, <laughs> the reason why we sin is well, we have a separate good, podcast right? on that. Yeah. There's a payoff, right? Yeah. That, that's why we do it, and so. Um, I don't remember why I was talking about why sin feels good, but, uh, well, because you, oh, you want to keep yeah. the sin, but get rid of the repercussions right, of your right. sin. The consequences in the short term, it feels good, right? We know right. it's destructive, but in the long term, it helps us now. And, uh, or in the short term, it helps us now. And, and the repercussions are, are tomorrow, Keith or tomorrow, Brandon's problem. Correct. Which, um, if there's anything you and I have learned, it's that yesterday, Keith and yesterday, Brandon are jerks. Correct. Um, so it, it's, it's really going, Hey God, I'm, I'm ready to, I even want to be rid of, the parts that feel good about this. I just, I don't want any of it anymore. Mm. And, uh, and that's huge because I think there are people who can work all the way up to this fifth step and then get to the sixth one and they're, they're just not ready. Yeah. You know? Well, and then, so like a problem that I encounter with this is, okay, so this is the person I've been my entire life. I cope with sarcasm and being funny and like, I'm a quick, I, I sell fast talk to slow thinking people. Right. Like that's just kind of how I get along. And so then By I the get, way, thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Not you guys, but <clears throat> so I, um, uh, where was I going with that? So, so I get to this, uh, character defects and all of the character defects that I have are all of the things that make me who I am. Right. So you've, you've tied your identity to these things. Right. And so it's like, well, if I get rid of all of this stuff, like I, I can't cuss, I can't tell jokes. I can't, Right. Do any of that? Who am I going to be on the other side of this? What would you say to that? Well, I, I think that a lot of us have that view of like what we think it means to be a Christian, right? Like if if I want to be a Christian, I need to be Ned Flanders, right? And, and like, <laughs> onward, Christian soldier. <laughs> exactly. And and so what we do, and, and like uh, I love the way that uh, that Matt Chandler talks about this in his uh, in his um, recovering redemption. Uh, Thing, series, yeah. uh, series and, and his book uh, when he talks about <clears throat> it is he basically says that <laughs> not you Siri actually you know what he's it's it's C.S. Lewis uh. it's C.S. Lewis that talks about it that basically says that uh, that that we're just not even good hedonists you know what I mean that like we're all about the pleasure but like I, I think the exact wording that C.S. Lewis uses is that um, 
we're like kids in a slum content making mud pies because we have no idea what it's like to be on a vacation at the beach. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's what happens is we're in our sin. We're just sitting there and we're like, oh, yeah, we're making these mud pies. This is great. I shoot up and I felt great. And we're, we're you know, like, I think back and, and, and I can't imagine you're coming down stories. But like for me with alcohol, like I, I remember so many mornings, like wanting to die from the hangover while I'm driving to work and just going, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, God, I'm never going to drink again. Right. Yeah. You go through that whole thing. Um, and, and you just, you don't think about that. Right. And you don't, yeah. you don't think about, well, what is the, the goodness that God gives me and the goodness that God's given me in healing is that, um, instead of alcohol being a way that I run from this problem, that God gives me a way that I'm made whole mm. uh, from from this weakness there. So I think I think that's what I would say to somebody who's still like clinging to the goodness. Is like, man, if 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 you're clinging to the goodness of your sin, you're hanging out in that slum and you're making some mud pies, right? And uh, and God has so much more for you, right? Yeah, there's you know? a better way. There's so much better, and yeah. and like, dude, we've eaten our share of mud pies, you and I both, and and mm-hmm. John as well, and like. It, it, it's not because yours are better than ours. Like we've had the same ones that you have. And mm-hmm. it's like, listen to our, <clears throat> listen to our, to our advice. And it's, yeah, it's I, better. I, I, I totally agree. And I've seen that in my own life where I'm, I get stubborn and I want to hold on to something and, and you get to the other side of it and you're like, wow, why did I wait so long? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so a bad much. relationship. Right? <clears throat> yeah, like, totally. Have you ever like been, by the way, I think that guitar got worse when you moved, but uh, oh, did it? yeah, okay. I think it's resonating, but it's, it's like when you're in a bad relationship and you've been dating this person for a while and finally you're like, uh, you know, they break up with you or whatever. And then like two or three months later, you're like, why did I put up with that so long? Like that was just terrible. And I was miserable, Mm -hmm. but it was familiar. So it's what, you know, it's the devil I knew versus the devil. I didn't. Yeah, totally. And I think part of that goes back to just trusting God because in this process, like God tells us that he has his best for us. Right. If we choose to accept that and we choose to hold on to our own ways, because we don't trust that God has our best interest at heart. Like we don't trust that, that the way God says to do things. And that's the heart of sin. Yeah. God says, this is bad. Well, well, who are you to decide that? Well, I'm a yeah, better like, you know, judge of that. I'm doing it. It feels great. So yeah. how can it be bad? But right. but really on the long term, it's like, oh, no, this is destructive. Well, you know, it's like my mom likes to tell this story about when I was little and I had this like bag full of pennies, you know, mm-hmm. and I used to collect it or whatever. And it was like a Ziploc bag. And my, my mom was like, hey, I got a $10 bill for you. And she swapped it. Right. And I was bawling. Yeah. Because I'm like, what happened to my pennies? Right. Because in my head, like this bag full of these metal things clearly had to be worth more than that $10 bill. Mm. Uh, but I think we do the same thing that we just cling to like, well, this alcohol feels good or this this premarital sex feels good or this feels great without realizing that enjoying these blessings within the confines that God sets up is actually so much more. Right. Well, and then I think, you know, for guys like me and you and <clears throat> probably John, too. I'm assuming that um, this feels good right now and doing it the other way, doing it God's way isn't going to feel good right now, but it's better for you long term. Right. And I don't care about long term. I've never cared about long term. Like what feels good today? Right. I'm not going to eat that broccoli when there's a popsicle, right? Right. Exactly. And it's like, so, and it's, this is something I'm working on in my marriage right now. It's like, well, can I, can I embrace the awkwardness and uncomfortableness today do have a conversation I don't want to have today for my marriage to be good next week. Right. And I'm like, I'd rather avoid it today. But then it's like next week when my marriage sucks, I'm like, what, like, what's the problem right. here? And it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's funny how people like in other areas of their life will be good with that. Like they'll have an investment portfolio. They'll have money they've invested in the 401k. And it's like, look, you could go out and spend that money on video games and have a great time right now, but you're <laughs> investing that. And yet, or stuff like how you deal with pain and everything else, you're just taking whatever the easy out is. So yeah. clearly you understand the benefit 
of investing and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the return on investment theory. And the return on investment with God is just so high in yeah. that. I mean, it's just, and I know it's, it's again, we're, we're not saying this because, like, we get something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I when one of my pet peeves is when people are like, oh, well, you did this, you're getting an extra jewel in your crown in heaven or your mansion's going to be a little bit bigger. And, like, yeah. hey, if that's why you're doing stuff, guess what? You're Stop not going to get crap it. for it. Right, correct. You know, like... Mine's like, dude, God loved me and he created you and he loves you too. So like, I love it when people love on my kids. So I'm going to love on God's kids. And so, you know, when, when we're not telling you this because like we get some magical mystical reward by you drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. It's because honestly, we've, we're as dumb as you are. We've been where you've been and we've made those poor decisions and we're like, look, like stop. It's bad. It's well, I feel like too, it's it's not even about heaven. Like, uh, Christ is my savior. I'm going to heaven. Cool. I'm not worried about what the other side of that looks like, but making these decisions today is going to give me a, a, um, holer's not a word, a more whole and a healthier life in this life. Like I want to be the best version of me that I can be so that I can do what God has planned for my life. So I can live in the fullness of what God has for my life and doing that. Um, it's not going to come overnight. I need to make decisions and yeah. I need to get rid of character defects. I need to embrace all that stuff today, do the hard work now. And what we know is what, what I found out the hard way is that stepping into the awkwardness, stepping into the uncomfortable, that's where you grow. And that's where you become who God is intending you to be. Yeah. And that's where this step really falls. Cause we talk about it all the time that, you know, the steps are just discipleship for dummies. I should have turned that off. Steps are just discipleship for dummies. And, um, you know, where this falls in discipleship is, is your character development, because it's not about <clears throat> the things that you're doing. It's about who you're becoming in your character. Yeah. And I think this step is really about like God asking, like, hey, are you ready to take your hand off the side of the pool? Ooh, like good. we've gone through and we've talked about what swimming looks like, but there's going to be a trust step, which is like, hey, you're going to have to give up the, the good feeling that you have for that. Like, hey, guess what? There's some painful stuff that happened in your past. You know, Keith, and when you drink, you forget about it. And when you stop drinking, you're going to remember. But you know what? We're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't have to drink. Like, it's pretty rare that I have those moments where they come back now, whereas it was an everyday thing. That's why I drank was to get away from it. Yeah. So instead of (coughs) instead of stepping out of your cell every morning and having to fight somebody. Right. It's let's get you out of prison. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, and it's like, you know, instead of just like, hey, this temporary bandaid that you put over that, that you're going to have to keep fixing. Yeah. You know, and like. Um, one of the phrases that I've heard recently when we were looking at some equipment at the church or whatever, and somebody was talking about being too poor, too poor to buy cheap, you know what I mean by (laughs) that? So like, you know, like it's like with tools, right? People always say when you buy cheap tools, you don't really save money because they break and you have to buy new ones. Yeah, you end up spending it over time. Well, I reached a point where I was too emotionally poor to keep buying cheap, right? Where I was like, I just don't have it in me to keep going through this every day. I'm going to have to make that big payment now. Uh, to to get through it, right? You know? And and so I think that's that's really what step six is is yeah. the call. I think that's know? a great analogy too, because just like as you were saying that, I was thinking back on mine. I was like, dude, for real. Like, had I kept going the cheap way day after day after day, it wears you so thin, you'll get to a point where you want to kill yourself. I right. did anyways. I'm not right. saying that's everybody, but it wears you out and you get to a breaking point and well, something I mean, the, much worse is going to happen. Wage of sinner death. Right. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so eventually I mean, exactly. you're going to, you're going to get there. And, and like, honestly, when I see people that are just unrelentingly, unrelentlessly chasing like pleasures of the, fe- of the flesh <coughs> outside of God's will, I do see a common theme of it leads to depression, suicidal thoughts. Like whether that's people that are just, you know, 
um, having affairs, you know, all over the place or chasing drugs, chasing alcohol. Like, you know, we, we all, even chasing money, like uh, yeah. Juan Palomino, who was Pastor Juan, who was on the show a little while ago, like his, his thing was chasing money and chasing a life there that led to him standing on top of a, of a dam and wanting to jump off of a dam. I mean, so I yeah. keep thinking about that too in my life, like the more, and I don't know if there's a better way to put this, but the, like the more boring my life gets, the like, like more fulfilling and, and peaceful yeah. it gets. And not to say that my wife and I don't do awesome things. I mean, we went to, went to Ireland for our, for our honeymoon. You know, we do some awesome stuff, but like not going to clubs anymore and not, you know, staying up till the sun comes up, you know, after I DJ gig or whatever anymore and all that stuff. Like I kind of, I, I miss it cause it was all fun, but, um, but also like I, I'm way less anxious. Yeah. John, way I, less depressed. And I don't want to like, less. you know, ruin your dreams here, but I'm the, I'm the old guy in the room, right? I turned 40 this year. Yeah. I can tell you every year I get older, the more attractive the Amish living becomes. No <laughs> doubt. No, yeah, really. Yeah, the more you're just like, I just want to disconnect. By the way, and, like, where we're moving, plow. tons of Amish people. Tons of Amish. Right, right down I the just street. have to learn Pennsylvania Dutch and I'm in. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's great. That's great. That's so true. Yeah, <coughs> I, I totally agree with that. That, um, the more boring it gets, like the, the the more peace you feel. Because I know as soon as I sobered up, I was in what I figured out was an adrenaline junkie. Like, yeah. aside from doing drugs, I would get in high speed chases. I'd get in shootouts. We're robbing drug dealers. Like all these things that like your heart and your adrenaline is just pegged all the time. And so like I get sober and I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do? And it's like, well. Like we're married and we have kids. We're, we don't right. we don't do anything. Right. Like we're going to Costco, Brandon. We we eat dinner. <laughs> we eat dinner. We brush teeth and we go to bed. Like yeah. you know, and yeah. it's just like oh, and it, like it's so hard to get into that routine. But like that's honestly over time the best thing. Yeah. Well, because I think what we lose sight of is is all these things are like the other chemical addictions that we have, whether it's pornography, whether it's adrenaline or whatever. Of follows that pattern of we need more and more stimulus to get the same desired result. Yeah, right? totally. Like the first time um, somebody laid out pornography as an addiction to me, because I always struggled with like, what do you mean it's an addiction? And somebody's like, well, let's look at like most people's journeys with pornography. Like it might come with like, well, there was texting and oh, okay, now there was like a photo here or there. And then it was a video. And then like the content in the video gets progressively darker, progressively darker. Uh, oh, I hate myself for this, but um mm-hmm. Todd, Todd Harris likes to say that sin will always take you deeper than you wanted to go for longer than you wanted to be there. Yeah. Right. And, um, or maybe that was Maverick George. I'll uh, say Maverick George cause it makes me feel better. Scott Hinman said it. And oh, so that means he, he stole it from Saddleback. It wasn't original, but right. I think, I think it was from Saddleback yeah. and he said that Hinman sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you were willing to pay. Right. And, and I see that with like, with my particular pornography addiction and like how far, how like what it took to get the same stimulus after a little bit. And, and I see the same thing with, you know, with adrenaline, right. That it starts with like, Oh, well, I shoplifted and that was cool. And yeah. now it's like, you know, if, if Eagle one isn't chasing me in the, you know, if I'm not doing yeah, 170 on a motorcycle, then you know, yeah. it's just, not, I, it's I actually had a dude that I used to hang out with that would bait the police into car chases just cause he could beat them. And it was an adrenaline rush for him. Right. Until he goes to prison, but like he would get in a stolen car and call the cops on himself, right? And wait and run, and it was just the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Why but didn't you buy him a copy of Grand Theft Auto and tell him to stay home? It makes well because that's not the adrenaline, <laughs> bro. but it, it, it makes sense though when you're looking at what you're talking about how the scale moves forward. Like yeah. I, I got to get this fixed. I got to right. get this fixed. Well, and same thing like you saw in your chemical addiction. You see it in everything, even in the same way. Like this is how fair start, right? The fix just moves. It starts with like, hey, I work with somebody and. And oh, they appreciate me. And then it just keeps going. Right. It goes from the little butterfly feeling to the 
Right, because we need more and more stimulus to get that same effect. And right. so the same thing happens when we overcomplicate our lives. I mean, great example is um, Nick and Andrea here last week talking about serving and like doing everything at church, right? Becoming the, the church mice, you know, the people that are here all the time and uh, and then losing yourself in that moment because, you know, you're getting valued, you're getting all these other things from it. And, uh, and yeah, so anything that we're doing outside of the confines of how God has designed it to be, even service, right? God puts bounds on service, yeah. right? We read in the story of Mary and Martha, right? That, that Martha's running around trying to serve everybody. And Jesus is like, Hey, relax. Mary's doing the right thing and spending this time here. Um, so there's a time and a, and a place for service and, and more of a heart behind it that we need to have. Of, right. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, Back to character defects. What does this look like when you're walking through it with someone? <clears throat> How does regen differ? You know, the, the CR, the CR method. And like, for me, when I'm sponsoring a guy through the celebrate recovery work, it's, it's, we've identified the character defects. Um, one thing I like to do is, is like you said, um, a replacement you, um, okay. So pride, pride is your character defect. Um, what's going to be the opposite that you're going to replace it with? Well, obviously humility. And then I make them write out a prayer. I don't make them. I can't make him do anything. I suggest that he should write out a prayer and and pray every morning like, God, I, I, I have this pride. I'm asking you to remove it. And I'm asking you. And I mean, this is more getting into step seven, but the same heart, but asking God to replace it with the opposite. God, make me humble. Yeah. yeah so so you would be looking at. So in in region, there's actually a thing called a repentance plan. Mm-hmm. And so this they they handle much like there's a worksheet like you would handle for an inventory worksheet really really just lays out like what am i trying to turn away from like what idolatry am i looking at here that i want to repent from and and what does that plan look like and mm. so it really does lay it out and so i think that this is one of those things that that like it's not in the aa content cuz it's kind of implied because if everybody's there for alcohol then your repentance plan is all the same you're don't not going to go to bars yeah. and you're not going to drink right and so you know diff- it, it all falls everybody's repentance plan is a uh, different playground different friends right, right. um <clears throat> But it's different when, you know, maybe your issue is selfishness or money idolatry. Like, what does that look like? Well, part of your repentance plan might be like, and I'll tell you a good example of my money idolatry. Uh, when I first, like, I, I felt so good when I first, like, my wife and I decided that we were going to tithe, that we were going to give 10% of our income to the church and everything else. Wait, you do what? And then I decided, <laughs> but here's the thing, I felt great, but I wasn't going to do it until the day before payday. And I wasn't going to do it the day, till the day before payday because mm. I wanted to make sure that I had enough money to get through there. Oh, so and the trust isn't even there, which is the whole right. point. Right. And right. so I remember having a point where it was like, man, that's money idolatry, that I'm trusting that money to provide for me to get through this two weeks instead of trusting God to do mm. it. And so part of that repentance had to be that like, and, and like with, with some like exceptions, but for the most part, when I get paid, the first intentional act that I take that I spend money on is to pay the tithe. And like, um, so I know that my, our money guy at our church hates this, but like, I don't set up for the automatic tithing uh-huh. because I want to do that. That's an act of service for me. And I don't want to automate that mm. every week. I want to go in and do it. Now yeah. I do it every week, but you know, and then, and automating it helps churches with budgeting and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody who automates it, but that was part of my repentance plan is like, right when I get paid, the first big expense that I need to do is I need to, I need to pay. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's good because we know, and this is kind of a side tangent, but like, we know that, um, the tithing for instance, or, or anything that you're doing, any service that you're doing, it's not about the money. Like God doesn't right. need your money. It's about the character that's building in you. Right. And it's, it's <clears throat> building a character of generosity. So for you to take that money and hand it to the church, that's more of a, like, here it is. 
Right. Like it's, this is yours. This right. Is, I, I kind of look at it this way. It's like when my daughter gives me a drawing that she made, I'm not like, wow, I really needed what she did there. But it's like, oh, that shows the value of yeah. a relationship that's placed there. And I think it's the same way. Like when we come to God with our 10%, we're like, Hey, here you go, God, you know, and yeah. we're, don't spend we're it all like in one place, daughter, God. Right? We're like, look what we did. We <laughs> put this here. And he's like, oh, you know. You need to tell your daughter, listen, we've set up an automated <laughs> system. If you yeah. could just email me your drawings from yeah. now on. Yeah. <laughs> automated every every Thursday, every other Thursday. And yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. So um, so there I would just say it's a little more intentional, which which I appreciate because like I think in some ways, a lot of times we go, yeah, now just repent from that. And and so the few things that we don't do with that is we don't like actually have a plan of like, yeah. what does this look like? Cause this really does break down the, let's go into the who, what, when, where, why, yeah. and how of how things happen. Let's look at these patterns and disrupt these patterns. And, uh, and also like let's repentance isn't stopping, mm-hmm. right? Repentance is to turn away. So if you're going to turn away, what are you focusing on and where does that focus go? That's good. I like that. Um, Cause I agree with you. Repentance. Sometimes it's like, Oh, just repent. And you're like, oh, okay. So just, stop and it's like no that's incomplete like yes you need to stop but you also need to replace like i need right. I, I, I need to start doing something else and so i like that regen breaks that down and it's more intentional that okay so because like for me it's like well i've always done it this way like right. I, I don't know how to not do it this way right. like when i stopped smoking cigarettes i had to my routine is like okay you eat a meal you go smoke a cigarette you go out right. on a break you go smoke a cigarette and it's like when i was trying to stop smoking cigarettes it's like okay I need to not only not go out to the smoking area at my break, but I need to find a new place to go at my break and something else to do with my time. Yeah. And which for me became Cheetos, but yeah. <laughs> we've all seen the fruit of that. Well, for, for me, it was brushing my teeth. Oh, really? And I would go brush my teeth because I hated smoking right after I brushed my teeth. Uh-huh. So if I was having a craving, I would go, okay, I have to brush my teeth because now this is going to make smoking less attractive. So you just became a compulsive teeth brusher? Well... Yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> I eat a lot of Cheetos trying to quit smoking, bro. So I'm just going to say, and yeah. I guess that's kind of the same thing. Cause like, I don't like to smoke with food and it's yeah. just, yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah. And, and so like, I'll, I'll give you a good example. The reason why it's important to replace it with something is like, for me, I run to pornography when I'm feeling rejection. Mm-hmm. So if I just go, Hey, I'm not going to run to pornography then I'm just going to marinate in this pain of rejection. Right. And instead it's like, okay, I need to acknowledge where that's coming from and a better solution to that. Uh, uh, that's good. Yeah. So, because I think that's what happens. That's, that's what behavior modification is. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have people that go through a program like AA or NA or something and they stop using, but they chain smoke or they do this. They, they haven't stopped. They've swapped Yeah, because there's been an incomplete repentance there of just like, well, I stopped doing this, but I, the, the reason that we use is some unmet need Mm -hmm. and how are we going to meet that need through a godly way? That's where the repentance kind of comes in. there. Mm, That's good. Yeah, that's good. I've got nothing to add to that. So you're just repenting right now. I'm repenting so. of starting this podcast with you right now. Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you that long. It's been almost two years. So. Ah, well, I know. I know. I'm craving Cheetos now. Yeah. Are you John, a little bit? John wants some Cheetos, dude. I want. You know what I really the puffs, want? Puffs, the puffy ones. Nah, I can't. I was uh, gonna say I want that that ramen place we went to the other week. I've been thinking about ramen that place. Anyways, um. So, uh, 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 where are we going with this? You're going for ramen, is what you said. Yeah, I know. It sounds good. So step six, step six. I know we still got a couple minutes, bro. Keep talking. What do we got? 35. Yeah. So, but that's one of the things that I think that sometimes people overlook is this step and they just kind of gloss over it. And in fact, if, if we're being real, we glossed over it when we were looking at the different steps to go over a year ago, when we mm. kind of walked through this, we're like, and then there's six, right? It's after five Yeah. and, and before in, in the same way that and we'll get to this a little bit later, but like forgiveness and amends are, 
most not, of the time. Yeah, but, but, not like, the same. but they're not specifically <clears throat> mentioned in, in all right. the steps separately, you know, and reconciliation. And so. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> Why? So we have step six and seven and step six is becoming entirely ready to um, have them removed and then asking God to remove the steps. Why is it so important to differentiate that? Why couldn't we just make one step there? So Regen does it a little bit differently because in seven, in step seven, it's about fully following Christ. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so it's not just like. So they're breaking it up into repentance and then and now following Christ. Right. So it's and, it's the actual act of turning. And then once you start walking back towards Jesus, that's the separate right. action. And, and and to fully follow Christ. So gotcha. uh, what we mean by that is like, um, it, it, in my opinion, as a pastor, it doesn't do me any good to have you sober if you still go to hell. Mm. Right. Because right. there's going to be sober people there. And, and guess what? There's probably going to be some drunks that made it to heaven as well, too. You know, yeah, correct. Um, so, somewhere in the process there. So uh, it's it's again, it's back to the mud pies thing of, of we want so much more than just sobriety. Like sobriety is an end point. We just think is a is a is a weekend point. Like, why mm. would that be the point where we would stop uh, when there's so much more when when there's contentedness, when when we start to abide daily in Christ and we start to align our will with his that like. Like, dude, my sobriety's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not like the most amazing thing that God's done for me. It's everything since that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's 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 all the other stuff that he's opened up in my life. It's repairing the marriage. It's just, I mean, like, I can't I can't count all of that. And if I would have just stopped with drinking, yeah, and gotten that, you'd have missed out on everything. Trust you, God, like I would have, you know. Yeah, you'd be sober, but your life wouldn't be great. Right. It, it would be like, you know, if you if you went all the way to Disneyland, you got down to the gates and then you didn't actually go inside. Mm. You know? I mean Yeah, it's a good analogy. And so I don't, I don't get that, you know, like you paid the admission, you know mm. what I mean? Like you might as well, or somebody paid it for you, you know, you might as well just go in. Right. You know? And mm, that's good. So, so that would be, what would you say the difference is between six and seven and more traditional programs? And- yeah. I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I know, um, in AA they talk about, um, they, they split them up because people having a hard time. Like when I see these character defects, well, when I'm working through step six, well, you don't actually have to get rid of them at this point. It's just becoming willing to get right, rid of them. Right. Am I willing to get rid of the stuff in my life? And honestly, coming on the heels of doing your inventory, when you look at all of the black and white of like, hey, this is how bad of a person I was. Like, I don't understand how you could walk to the next step and be like, yeah, but I want to hold on to this. You know what I mean? Like, if you've done your inventory thoroughly, like. Ideally, you'd be like, ah, that's all crap. Like, let's get rid of it. Yeah. So, um, provided you've done the other steps, truly done the other steps yeah, beforehand, correct. and so that you trust God with the ability to handle that. Correct. So, um, yeah. And then once you're entirely ready, then you go and ask God to remove them so that you're not holding on to anything. You know, I'm, I, and I'm not, the reason I ask the question is I'm not 100% certain yeah. why the way, why we split it up into two steps. Yeah. Um, but, but there are people, I think, who do go through and they look at their inventory and they go, look, there's a lot of crap here mm-hmm. and this seems hard. And I'm not ready. Yeah. You know, and again, we've talked about this before and we talked about it on the inventory episode that, that usually the problem when somebody's having a problem with inventory, step with confessing one. it is with steps one through three. Yeah. So usually with, with four or five. Yeah, correct. You know, well, and so like, I've also like had people come to me and they go, Hey, I'm not ready to, to, to get rid of this. And I go, cool, hold on to it. Like just go drink and do drugs until right. you. <laughs> well, and I think in, in looking at these under an AA framework, Mm-hmm. It's it's the question of because AA does not support moderation, right? AA says if you're an alcoholic, you do not drink, right? right. That Correct. So for them, I think it's hey, are you? Yeah, uh, I think it's it's clear for them about hey, like, 
Are you willing to admit that you're not going to moderate? You're just done. Yeah, so this is life or death. Like right. you, you have to get rid of this stuff. Right. So I think that six or seven, I think, is kind of why yeah. NAA it's structured that way. Is like, mm-hmm. hey, are you willing to say that you're just not going to drink at all now? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, again, we've talked about some of the stuff. Like when we talked about food issues and everything else, one of the issues is that so many of the things that we have sin struggles with, we're required to moderate. Mm, yeah, right? totally. Like, food right yeah. you can't just decide i'm just not going to eat anymore because i ate too much right mm. um you know and, and there's there's other struggles like like codependency right because what's the opposite of codependency you're an a-hole yeah it means you don't care about anybody yeah, you, if you go to the far end of not being codependent right in right. fact people who pride themselves on not being codependent usually are a-holes right like right that's usually their their apology for being a jerk is like well i'm not codependent you know yeah. um you know, so, but at some point there's basic human consideration we have to give to other people. Yeah, correct. So that's good. Um, that's a good dive into step six. I think we've, I don't know if we brought clarity. That might've been confusing as heck. <laughs> if you're listening and that was super confusing, you're not alone. Yeah. I'm sitting here with eyes glossed over. Like what just happened? John's confused. John. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it is really just like you said, it's that repentance. It's, it's seeing the things that are bad and being willing to turn from them. Yeah. And and it, it really is tied into step seven, which we're going to talk about next episode. And it's it's not just turning away, but it's like, hey, now that I'm turned, what am I going to focus on? And what's it look like to walk in this direction? Right. How am I going to follow? Because my yeah. whole life has been chasing this one thing, whether that's drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is. Like, what am I going to follow now? And what does that look like? Yeah. Because like, and that's the thing is, is that's like for us, recovery was life and death and it was life change. Mm-hmm. Like the entire trajectory of our lives changed because what we were pursuing changed. And really I think step seven is like, what does it look like to pursue that? Yeah, totally. So we will talk about that next week. Right? Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you got any questions about this stuff, send us an email again, it's redefine recovery at Clovis Um, yeah, if you want to repent, you can email Brandon. He'll walk you through the... Uh... Yep, I'm actually working on building a confessional booth. You can come in, I'll give you some Hail Marys, and we'll... Uh... Oh, no, wait. That's not this church. Sorry. Uh, a different church you're going to get there. <laughs> oh, so. I forgot. We're Baptist. Yeah. We're so. Baptist. Just don't ever talk to anyone about it. Right. <laughs> secret, <laughs> secret Baptist, as somebody told uh, me. I'm just kidding. Seriously, though, if, if you've got questions about this, email us, send me a message on Facebook. We can walk through this together. We really just... What we want is to see people um, get out from under the stuff that's weighing them down and just to be the best version of themselves so that they can step into the plan that God has for their life, the, 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 to, to be all God intended you to be as a person. And that's, I mean, really a big part of doing the steps is, is getting out from the stuff and, and, and growing into uh, what God has for you. So yeah, with that, we, we talked about some kind of touchy feely stuff in there about God being better than all this stuff. So I just want to say, if you're somebody out there and you're listening right now and you're like, Hey, I just heard what those, what you guys said. And I think that's bull crap. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Send us yeah. an email. We'd love to, to just tell you more of our stories and, and explain it to you for no other reason than just like, like we feel like God loves us. Uh, we know that God loves us and we know that God loves you. And, uh, and we want to share that with you as well. I think it's first John that says that our joy becomes complete when we share the stories of what's happened. Uh, in our lives with you. And, uh, and so that's, that's really our heart. So like, seriously, I'm, I want to give you that challenge. If you just listen to stuff that Brandon and I said about life is better uh, without all this other stuff and with Jesus in, instead, and you think that we're full of crap, we, we'd love to just talk to you about it. Yeah, so, definitely. Just an email, redefine recovery at clovishills.com or on or the Facebook. Meet me in the alley behind Clovis Hills and yeah, <laughs> you can duke it out back there. Uh, so. No, nah, I'm just kidding with that. John, any last thoughts? Nope. Nothing. All right.
All right. He loves putting me on the hot, uh, putting me on the spot. Dude, I just want to see if you're paying attention over there. (laughs) (laughs) With that, we're Redefine Recovery. We love you guys, and we will see you next week. I'm on the road. Step by step, day by day.